Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Welcome to Netflix and Swill, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I am Caleb. And uh, Magic Mike XXL is a JoJo's reference. Because they do poses? No. Uh, Spoilers for later in in the show, but uh, one of the songs that actually plays in the middle of the movie is the outro to uh, part five. Yeah, I was going to bring it up, but yeah. It's a good song. I came on, I just started hysterically laughing. <laughs> uh, good stuff. I don't know. One of my favorite uh, reddits is the Jojo Bizarre Adventure shitposting subreddit. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently like part nine manga just started. So people have been posting like fake spoilers of like, I don't know. It's it's been great. I love shitty jokes that nobody gets except people with like highly specific interests, which is this show. But this is, yeah, that's all but, the show is. But only if I have those highly specific interests and therefore get the joke. Yeah, uh, which is why no, <laughs> which is why nobody likes us. Um, I'm fine. How are you? I'm good. Uh, my head hurts, but yeah, I, I was telling you before we started recording. I uh. Slept until 11, which is something I never do. Most of the time, I'm up at like 6. And uh, miserable about it. And today, I woke up at 11, and I'm miserable about it. Boy, just no level of sleep works. Nah. Welcome to your 30s. Yeah, uh, other than that, uh, you know, life is life is here. Uh Last night we played a new Magic the Gathering format and it seemed to go well, except for uh, when Brentley did Brentley things. But we love him. I don't know. I like our weekly game night because it affords me the opportunity to be angry at people in (laughs) a non-constructive way. Yeah. And like, I feel like I need that. Like I have... A lot of inner turmoil that's just boiling below the surface, and I need to unleash it on people uh, who are just trying to be my friend and spend time with me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, why did I get... Oh, I got mad at Bill because he fucking removed one of my things, and I'm just like, fucking why? Like, you have something on your board that your your effect does much better things with? Like... I don't want to get too into. It. I don't want to get too deep into the weeds, but he 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 just yeah. he just targeted me. I'm like, fucking for what reason? And I was just so mad at him. I enjoy playing games. I enjoy when we try new game formats because I can use all of my toys in new ways. Yeah, like oh, I can mix the He-Man action figures with the fucking Jurassic Park dinosaurs. Or whatever. It was my favorite last night because uh, I played this card called Blightsteel Colossus, except it has 
an alternate card name of Megatron. Yeah, because Hasbro made it. Because Hasbro made it. So, I, you know, I thought that was funny. And then, and then uh, I, I proceeded to describe it as Blightsteel Colossus, and you're like, no, no, no. What does the card actually say? I said, it says Megatron. What did the card say? It's fine. I said Fox is me. That's a meme I never fucking got. I'll tell you that. Like, the, the music video is weird. Don't get me wrong. But people fucking losing their mind over it, that was something I never understood. I had a fun time with that song. I did uh, a jukebox crime where the bar that I used to work at, I would anytime I would go there, I would play that song and then like you could pay extra because it was like the internet jukebox. You could pay extra yeah. and make it like skip everybody else's songs. Yeah. So it would start playing. Uh, they would know that I did it and like yell at me and then they had a remote to skip it. But what they didn't know is that I had queued up another priority play of it right behind as soon as it started. (laughs) (laughs) And eventually, like, I just started doing it from home when I wasn't there and the bartenders would send me angry text messages. That's that's fantastic. Uh, That's like Moondongun level of planning. (laughs) Uh, I'm like a dog chasing cars. Well, uh, we, we, my friends and I, one time, I forget why we were in Butler, but we drove up to Butler and we were at a bar just hanging out for a bit. And, uh, it, this song by, uh, Escape the, no, Falling in Reverse, Escape the Fate is Ronnie Radke's first band. Uh, this new song called Alone by Falling in Reverse had just come out. Uh, it's it's terrible. It's a terrible song, but it's terribly addicting. You know, you know, the songs like I fucking hate this, but I can't stop listening to it. Mm-hmm. So we'd been we'd been listening to it a lot. And this bar had basically just been playing nothing but like country music. So we did the same thing. We did. And we just threw on the the fucking song alone from falling in reverse and immediately walked out laughing because we thought it was the fucking funniest thing. Well, one of our dumb friends forgot his fucking wallet in the bar. So he has to go back in and they're like, did you put this on? He's like, yeah, this is a good song. We don't hate this. And we're just like, oh, God, no. What have they done? What have we done? (laughs) I don't know. There was uh, the one bar back in Clarion where we went to school. There was Mm -hmm. uh, like a group of sorority girls or something came in and put like $20 $20 in the jukebox and fucking played a bunch of shitty pop music. So it's like, you know, I was aware of the, the priority play for extra money feature. Uh, so I fucking put on the song swing in the dead by fucking devil driver, I think is mm-hmm. the name of the band. Uh, and like upon it starting, they all looked at each other disappointed and then got up and left. You did it. You succeeded in your mission. Yeah, and then I got in a lot of trouble because they took their money up the road to the other bar. I mean, there's only two bars that people would go to. Mm -hmm. And they were both within like two blocks of each other. I don't know. My friends who are still in Clarion. Well, my one friend that's still in Clarion, I guess. Who like she told me that like now apparently 
the UI is like the go to bar there, which was like the one that everybody stayed the fuck away from. Yeah, that was the townie bar. Yeah. But now apparently that's the college place. Uh, I think Vinny's no longer exists or like oh, they wow. tried to turn it into like a shitty nightclub and then it failed and went through like three different owners and um, I don't think exists any longer. Man, that sucks. I, I like Vinny's as as a pizza place. I like Vinny's the 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 actual bar itself or like the dance floor thing that they had going on. That was awful, awful place to be. Yeah, it's not great. But yeah, that's a town that still exists. Yeah, I don't want to go back. Uh, when the fuck? Why the fuck did we go back one time? Was it Bill? Autumn, no, Autumn it was your fucking bachelor party. Or something like I we were up there. It was no, it was was it was it your wedding? My Fuck. bachelor party was in Pittsburgh. I know it was, you I know might have cruised through there for my wedding. We it, it, we being myself, Nick and Bill all went and just walked around campus for about five minutes and got like astronomically sad because nothing we recognized was there anymore. Like there was just yeah. so much like where we played football, like uh, our football in no pads, full contact, full speed. There's a bunch of adult dudes running at each other uh, who were friends who would then go out on later to drink beer that night. Uh, that was turned into like a fucking parking lot. I was like, this is this is the saddest place. I can't be here anymore. And then we left. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah, uh, don't ever go back to any place ever. Just just hold it in your memory and and don't want to revisit those memories ever. Yeah, you can never go home. Because it's gone. It's not the way you remember. I don't ever want to be alone. Uh, Hey, (laughs) with that, let's move into and as we're talking about alcohol places, let's move into what's your swill and talk about alcohol we're drinking. Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans. Stay away from the cans. So, Kayla, what are you drinking? All right. Um. Well, I've I have two different things here. It's the leftovers from uh, a little party we had on Monday because uh, some friends from back home. Well, a friend and his new partner uh, came up to visit us. It was. My first time meeting them, uh, it was it was fun. Good. Uh, so they brought a bunch of beer and shit, and I still have some. So uh, right now I'm having a Southern Tier Brewing 2Experimental West Coast Style Double IPA. Bold, dank, new hop flavor. Uh, <laughs> this is from their <laughs> variety pack of double IPAs. It tastes like a, a IPA. Yeah, you I, I know you're not a big fan of IPAs in the first place, so you're you're probably fucking suffering. They're fine. I've never tasted two IPAs that tasted different from each other. Yeah, that's fair. So like, I don't know. Um, and then the other thing that I have here that was also left over from the party, uh, I have it because I'm a trash monster. Yes. Uh, which is a twisted tea. Hmm. Uh so I have the the double IPA in a can and the twisted tea in a glass bottle. What the fuck is happening? Everything's backwards. Uh, dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Uh, well, interesting. Uh, 
so I had a bit of this last night. I was actually triple fisting last night because I had uh, a rum and coke, uh, a water, and then uh, a Tullamore Dew Irish whiskey on on uh, on the rocks. Uh, nice. It is Corey's birthday this weekend, and I bought the Tullamore Dew mainly because I thought he was also getting married around the same time I was. So I decided to just buy it and be like, oh, yeah, here's here's the thing for him. You know, I'm not going to be there. It uh, turns out he's getting married in August, so uh, I was completely wrong in the first place. Or not August, October. So I was wrong in the first place. So I was just like, ah, it's his birthday. I'll just fucking drink this thing. And it's uh, it's Irish whiskey. Yeah, Tullamore Dew is fine. Um, I don't know. I'm not a huge Irish whiskey person. That's fair. But, I'm not uh, really either. You know, you can you can drink it. It's fine. Uh, I like scotch. Scotch is like really complex and... Um, well, single malt scotch, sure. in my experience, it's, it's a fairly complex spirit that you just want to like, you know, have a, a small glass while you read some fucking, uh, Plato or whatever the fuck and like read. sit in your smoking jacket in your study. Uh, whereas like Irish whiskey is like, you know, laid back, good time juice. Mm hmm. It's it's light and floral and approachable, and you can just drink a lot of it and not feel your feelings. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I, I'm drinking that. Uh, I'll probably have it until October, which is the next time I will drink something uh, for Corey's honor. Yep. So uh, with that, let's move into our next segment, which is the news. Oh. Shit, it's mail time. Well, I found this on, uh, you know, random Reddit browsing, uh, and it's that Guillermo del Toro is going to direct a Frankenstein film at Netflix. Frankenstein. Uh, Froderick Frankenstein. Uh, you know, hot on the heels of his smash hit Pinocchio film. Uh, early casting buzz suggests that Andrew Garfield, Oscar Isaac, and Mia Goth will star in it. Uh, I'm interested in this cause I, I like the Frankenstein story. Uh, it's the very first science fiction book ever written. That's true. I've known about this. Uh, in fact, I've known about this as of like three weeks ago. Well, hot diggity shit. Look at you being up to speed on shit. Uh, I think Casey Moore broke the story. Yeah. Uh, uh, and he was even he was just like, eh, fucking Netflix is giving me the run around. I'm just going to fucking release the story. I don't care. Uh, and so he released the story. F fine. Uh, you you made mention of, you know, the hot hit that was Pinocchio. Uh, I think it's only real claim to fame is that it was uh, an Oscar winning animated movie, which mm -hmm. uh, I think was. Netflix's only Oscar win of the night at the Oscars. That's uh, no uh, best foreign film went to a, uh, all quiet in the Western front. Yeah, I was going to say mainly because triple uh, R did not get nominated for it, but yeah, although they, they did win best original song for the Nachi Nachi dance, mm -hmm. which is great. I love and it. They performed it. Ah, shit. Now I need to look this up. Mm hmm. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's Guillermo del Toro doing things. Uh, 
but what was funny about this is the the official announcement came after um oh it was the WB uh the the Warner Brothers Discovery earnings call where they also said that Guillermo del Toro is going to do some Lord of the Rings movies for them. And so Netflix was like Netflix did two things. Uh because currently it has the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And it's like, why wait to go back to Middle Earth when you can watch the Lord of the Rings trilogy now on Netflix? Yeah. And also, uh, why wait to watch anything with Guillermo del Toro? Here's a couple of his movies that are already on our service. I'll need you to do the show for a little bit because I'm watching the Nachi Nachi dance. Uh, I need somebody who is like a dance instructor to teach me how to dance so I can do this. I need to learn these movements and I need to learn the dance, the torture dance from Jojo part five. Oh, the torture dance is like if 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 I was actually doing like a real, real wedding, the torture dance would be part of that wedding. Like that would be a rehearsed fucking dance number for sure. I'll I'll see how Vanessa feels about divorce and then we can like get back together in like a year and do it. That'd be fine. I'd be I'd be okay with that. We we deserve it. <laughs> We're at the age where like I think all of the people we know who are going to be married are married. Um, for the most part, we have I don't want to get into Nick's personal life, but Nick, who knows with Nick? And then Craig's just a fucking disaster. <laughs> uh money can't buy him love. So yeah, uh uh, well, we were talking about the fucking Oscars, but also talking about the the Frankenstein thing. Uh, the the point behind the Frankenstein thing is like I don't like talking about casting announcements, uh, mainly because uh, the second story that, that's going to come up here in a minute. But like casting announce, like casting can happen and change in in perpetuity forever. I don't like talking about things until I see like a teaser for them or anything. Like I I just feel like with a movie. You can get excited over casting announcements and it's going to be you, you can just be like real gung ho. Like this is going to be fucking great. And then the trailer comes out and you're just like, well, this is fucking dog shit. I don't want to watch this anymore. Yeah, it's true. But that's just my opinion on it. All right. Uh, our next story. Uh, is that Netflix has passed on the new Nancy Myers romantic comedy after the budget has ballooned to one hundred and fifty million dollars. Jesus Christ. The movie was set to star Scarlett Johansson, Michael Fassbender, Penelope Cruz, and Owen Wilson, and centered around, uh, in, in this, this part will now be the plot of the movie, a young writer-director who falls in love with a producer. The pair makes several successful films before breaking up, both, romantic and bro- both romantically and professionally. They are forced back together when a new great project arises, and they find themselves having to deal with high stakes and volatile stars. Part of me feels like saying this is a romantic comedy is like boiling it down to like its finest essence. And it's really not you're not really describing the whole thing like, yeah, there's probably romantic comedy elements, but like there's probably, you know, there's going to be other stuff here that makes it greater than a romantic comedy. Like it's not just uh, what was the Ashton Kutcher Reese Witherspoon movie. I can't remember already. I've already forgotten. Uh, your place or mine? Yeah, yeah. I, like I don't feel like it's just as simple as that. I feel like there's gonna be more to the movie, but I don't know. Uh, it's mainly since Netflix is passing on it, 
And it seems like for some reason, uh, Warner Brothers is in negotiations for it. You know, that company that has seemingly no money except for whatever they want to overfinance a movie. Yeah. I don't get it. Netflix passing on a, a big budget movie is uh, a nice change of pace, considering the fact that they were the ones who set these kind of prices in the first place for overinflated budgets. Yeah, I don't know. This is uh, literally the first time I've heard of it. So it was a big story for the week or a big story for the week, considering the budget. People have been like, give Nancy Myers a hundred billion dollars to make a movie. We don't care. It's like, okay, uh, I'm sure somebody cares. And uh, unless you're going to finance it, film Twitter, bro, uh, shut up. <laughs> Do they even have a title for it? Paris Paramount, I think, was the title that I saw for it. All right. Uh, our last news story here just says Jenna Ortega stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think I think we had our first like disagreement in a kind, while kind of argument, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there's a whole Jenna Ortega thing going on right now where she's been doing press for like post Wednesday and then scream six. Mm-hmm. And they've asked her like you know, they've talked about Wednesday and she has been what I find to be less than favorable about production. Her first appearance was on the fucking Dax Shepard podcast. Oh, and Christ. she said uh, the following, and this is quite a bit. So uh, bear with me. Uh, I don't think I've ever had to put my foot down more on a set in a way that I had to on. than I had to on Wednesday, everything that Wednesday does, everything I had to play did not make sense for her character at all. Her being in a love triangle, it made no sense. There's a line about a dress she was forced to wear for a school dance, and she says, oh my god, I love it. Ugh, I can't believe I said that. I literally hate myself. I had to go. No. There were times on set where I even became almost unprofessional in a sense, where I just started changing lines. The script supervisor thought I was going with something, and then I had to sit down with the writers, and they'd be like, wait, what happened to the scene? And I have to go and explain why I couldn't do certain things. I don't know. I get that, like... You can read that as she's just like being kind of a diva or whatever, but I feel like uh, and and like this is as much as, you know, what I said when we talked about it. But like, um, you know, it's a it's a collaborative process. Like there's yeah. the, the writing, the direction and the acting and like. The actor, I feel like, has a lot of freedom there, like they're the one that's most closely tied to the character in a lot of ways and like. I don't know. I kind of I kind of appreciate her for just being like, hey, this isn't how it be. So I don't know. I think it's fair, but I think that she could have gone about it in a more nice way, like being saying a couple times like, hey, writers, what you wrote makes no sense. Like that feels like you're just putting them on blast unnecessarily like you get like there's just a way to say hey i i disagreed with some of the stuff but there was a very collaborative work environment where we could talk it out and then i could you know put my own spin on it and work work with the writers that way you mm-hmm. know I, I feel like that's a better way to to phrase that than just being like yeah the writers sucked 
I don't understand anything they were doing. It, 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 I, I can't make sense of what they thought this character was. I don't know. I feel like, um, you know, as somebody completely outside of the the film and television making process, like I feel like a lot of times uh, in the writing room, there's not a ton of oversight. Yeah. And like, you know, it doesn't really turn into what it's going to be until the actor and the director get a hold of it. So like, that's fine, I guess. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, more art than science. Yeah. I think the writers absolutely should be on set watching the thing in process and seeing like what works, what doesn't. And there definitely should be collaboration. I, and, I, and I'm fine with the overall act. Again, the, the big thing I'm I'm taking from it is that she just needs to word things better because it just seems like she's shitting on production for reasons. And the big part of it, too. Uh, from what I was reading up about it, it's like, like she was a Disney child star and like, Mm -hmm. doesn't want to get like, she wants to do film. Like she doesn't want to do, she doesn't want to get pigeonholed as like a TV actress. So like, I think she was kind of threatened by the show's success. Cause I think she kind of felt like, Oh, this is going to be it for me now. But I, I don't, I don't think that that's really so much of a thing anymore. Like I, I think that, you know, most actors now jump back and forth from TV to film pretty seamlessly. Whereas like when we even like when we were in our, you know, teens and 20s, like, you know, you had your TV actors and then you had your film actors. So, yeah, uh, well, speaking on that, she she was like. Uh, she she apparently passed on the show multiple times and then says in an interview with The Times UK and uh, just know this isn't like this is chopped to shit because the Times UK is like a paid website. So I can't even read the fucking article or the interview that she gave. But uh, she says the other reason I went back is because Tim Burton uh, is such a legend and we happen to get along very well. But even then I said, ah, no, I think I'm OK a couple more times. Uh, she then said, I thought it was never going to be watched regarding Wednesday and that'll be a nice little gem that someone finds, but most people don't. And then the interview asks uh, if that would have been preferable if it was a nice little gem that nobody finds. And she simply responds with yes. <laughs> Which I. You know, I don't think it's a, a great thing to say, like, hey, I wish this thing wasn't successful in in kind of words or in like the shortest way possible. Like, I get it. I get why she probably thinks that, because, again, it's like what you said with her, like her not wanting to be a TV or just be pigeonholed into TV. But like you're just one person and there's probably a couple hundred people on this crew that need this show to be successful to go on to do other stuff. So you need to think about them, too. Like it it can't just be you. Right. So, yeah, that was our disagreement over just. You know, little things that Jenna Ortega said that are getting blown out of proportion by everyone on the internet, on the internet, including us. Yeah, that's true. Well, okay, Uh, that'll move us into downstream. We're going to talk about some trailers for some upcoming Netflix projects. Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line. All right. uh, Well, the first trailer is for Chupa. While visiting his family in Mexico, teenage Alex gains an unlikely companion when he discovers a young chupacabra hiding in his grandpa's shed. 
In order to save the mythical creature, Alex and his cousins must embark on the adventure of a lifetime. Uh, so this is a family film about El Chupacabras, or if you're white, El Chupacabra. <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely the way I will say it. I spotted this and threw it on here because, I don't know, I like generally that, I don't know, there's a lot more like Mexican and Mexican-American representation, it seems like. It's just kind of uh, more of a thing and not just being used as like, oh, we need a somewhat exotic setting for our movie right. that we can believe that white people would go to. Yeah. Uh, you remember the Mexican starring Brad Pitt? I don't actually. It's a movie. Uh yeah. So it's called The Mexican. Brad Pitt starred in it. Okay. Uh I'll probably never check it out. I I can't wait for the sequel, The Caucasian, starring Luis Guzman. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> I'd be, oh, I'd watch the fuck out of that. Anyway. Uh what did you think? Uh, it looks like E.T., but with a mythical yeah. Mexican creature. It's it's an E.T. or a Pete's dragon. Yes, which is fine. Uh, I don't mean to be reductive, but like it has that same kind of vibe where uh, I guess they're trying to find Chupa's mother and, uh, you know, send him back to his home planet, uh, probably with a phone. Which is uh, cool. It's a nice, cool little story. The formula works. Uh, as long as the formula works, movies will be made for that formula. Uh, our next trailer is for Unseen. Uh, from the producers of Blood and Water comes a new thrilling drama. Unseen arrives March 29th, only on Netflix. Uh, it's a thought-provoking crime thriller about a timid and seemingly common cleaning lady, Zenzi Mwale who, while undertaking a desperate search for her husband who went missing after his release from prison, unexpectedly commits the murder of a crime syndicate's key player. Uh, didn't catch that last bit from the trailer, but either. Uh, it looks like a crime thriller. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Blood and Water. I'm trying to remember. Uh, I think I believe this is a South. A that's a South African production. Uh, it's it it ran for three seasons or is still running and is in its third season. Uh, so cool that they're giving them more things to do. Uh, I don't know. It looks, it looks okay. Like it, it, it's probably one of more of those like, Oh, I appreciate this comes from a different country than, you know, Korea or India or, you know, the United States, Canada, any, like any, like the normal places I say normal, uh, meaning like, typical places that you would see one of those movies come from. Sure. What did you think? I don't know. Looks good. Cool story. Yeah, that's it. <sighs> uh, next one is for a thing called beef. Revenge is best served raw. Uh, watch the official trailer for beef an upcoming Netflix series starring Steven Yun and Ali Wong. Beef premieres April 6th, only on Netflix. Uh, spoilers, we're not going to watch it at least until May, if at all. Uh, because reasons we'll talk about. Mm -hmm. uh, a road rage incident between two strangers, a failing contractor and an unfulfilled entrepreneur, sparks a feud that brings out their darkest impulses. 
this is uh it looks uh looks okay you know yeah it's like uh you know a do revenge comedy yeah that's that's definitely uh something to put on it um i don't know yeah it looks fine it looks like uh it looks like just one of those like random fucking things where like you randomly hate somebody for no reason, and then yeah. you know they just keep popping back up in your life, and you keep trying to fuck each other over constantly. Yeah, like me who has unbridled rage boiling just below the surface, and I'm just looking for an outlet to fucking explode on. So yeah, I don't like Ali Wong, and I don't care about Steven Yun, so I don't know. I'll watch it if I have to. Uh, Ali Wong is fine. I think she's trying to branch out into more things because her stand-up style is just not for me. Yeah, I I find her irritating. Her her cadence is just bad. It's bad cadence for her stand-up. But you know, I'm intrigued to see her branch out into more narrative stuff. Yeah, I don't know if it was Aquafina in this movie. I would watch that shit all day. Sure. All right. Our last trailer is for Kill Buck Soon. When killers make the rules, secrets rule everyone. Meet the deadliest assassins in this gripping action thriller. At work, she's a renowned assassin. At home, she's a single mom to a teenage daughter. Killing? That's easy. It's parenting. That's the hard part. Uh, This is a Korean John Wick type. Yes. Uh, We love K-dramas. And we'll probably watch this sometime. Oh, absolutely. Like, not not even a question. We'll probably watch this because, you know, K-drama. Uh, I don't know if it's a series, though. I want to say it's not. But I don't know. Oh, no, it's a movie. And it's out now? Uh, it says March 31st. What? Why is there? It says, oh, initial release of February 18th. So I guess it got released in South Korea or... Oh, no, it was released at a film festival. OK, that's why I got confused. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Movie coming out later this month. Uh, probably will be on the catch up episode that we run right after Anna April. Cool. Uh, and with that, we'll move into our next segment, which is quick hits. Where we talk about some random stuff we watched during the week. All right. Well, uh, Netflix released uh, a bunch of like workout tapes Mm -hmm. uh, from Nike. Mm -hmm. So I did Nike Training Club colon Kickstart Fitness with the Basics, uh, which is like a series of 10 to 20 minute workout videos. Uh, And I did the first one, which was like a lower body workout and Boy, I just did squats for 10 minutes and fucking blasted my quads into outer space. And it's been three days and it hurts to stand up from a sitting position. Uh, It's very good. I'm becoming too powerful for you to stop me. Well, okay then. I think um, I did. Nike had this program on uh, Xbox that you could use to connect and then it would track your fitness product product or like the, the way your technique and all that kind of stuff through the connect. It was very cool. And then uh, no one had the connect anymore. So they stopped using it. 
and they stopped supporting it, and it's now dead. Yeah. I don't know. The only time I've ever cared about the Connect was uh, when they had Guar come to the Xbox Studios and do Dance Central or whatever the fuck. And uh, Odorous Arungus was dancing and you could see his big alien penis flopping around. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But yeah, uh, you can exercise on Netflix now. Mm-hmm. And it's it's good. I've got incredible squat power. Uh, I've thought about doing those, but I also, you know, I just don't yeah. feel like it. Yeah, you, you don't want to. So that's fine. Yeah. Uh, I have severe body dysmorphia because I'm corpulent. So I have to work out. Yeah. Because in my mind, exercise is a form of currency that I can exchange for not caring about what I eat. That's fair. Uh, As for me, I watched one episode of Agent Elvis. That's the Matthew McConaughey Sony Pictures animated series that is about Elvis. We watched one episode of it. Ashley went, I don't want to watch this anymore. And I went, okay. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever get back to it. It was not as funny as I thought it would be. Yeah. But uh, if I get back to it, I will let you know if it does wind up being funnier. Yeah. I, uh, Famously thought that this looked very bad, so that's fair. And you were always allowed to think it looked bad. Uh, I'm just, I don't know. I don't know, man. We'll see. Uh, I know Casey Moore loved it, or not loved it, but at least liked it. So I don't know. It's, it feels like a take it or leave it kind of thing. And uh, if that's the case, then this is not going to do very well at all. Yeah. Uh, and then I finished my watch of The Law According to Lydia Poet. Uh, this is an Italian series, and uh, boy, this fills the Sherlock hole. I'll tell you that. Uh, as hey. somebody who makes the BBC Sherlock, I really enjoyed this. The Sherlock hole. Yeah, Benedict Commoner snatch. I, I miss him as Sherlock Holmes. Bindabum Cumberstickem. Yeah, miss that guy. So yeah, I wanted to, you know, if, you, if you're looking for something along those lines... That you you know you can you can watch and have uh, feel like you have a good time and uh, enjoy solving mysteries along with everybody else. Go watch the law according to Lydia Poet. It's uh, again Italian. Uh, you're probably gonna watch it in the dub. Just remember the fucking dub is gonna be terrible because all dubs on Netflix are terrible. They just are. There's, there's no, there's, there, there's no middle ground. They're, they're just terrible. That's true. Uh, and that's it. That's all I watched this week. Well, all right, then. Uh, I think that'll carry us into our break. And when we come back, we'll talk about our main topic. Part two of the glory. Hello and welcome to Culture Shocked, the pop culture podcast brought to you by four aging millennials and our outdated opinions. Join us every Tuesday as we discuss movies, TV, games, and even music, new and old. Dude, what do you think you're doing? Are you seriously trying to record a promo without us right now? Well, uh, yeah. Dude, you can't just do the promo by yourself. Who's going to listen to that? Yeah, and you probably haven't even told them that we're a pop culture podcast where we always agree on everything. 
Uh, for instance, the Sam Raimi trilogy easily being the best of the Spider-Man movies. J no, no. But I think we can all agree that Jaws is a classical masterpiece. Mm, nope, don't like that. But we do all agree that the sequel trilogy of Star Wars is the best in the Skywalker saga, right, guys? That comment is so ridiculous. I don't even know where to Anyways, uh, that'll do it from all of us here at Culture Shock. Thanks for listening. The Netflix and Swill podcast is brought to you by our wonderful patrons, Gerald Morris, Bill Sutton, Ashley the Bubby Gorski, Ben Kiefer, Paul Prazula, the Mike Rula, Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, Jimmy De La Rosa, Chris Yaney, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Casey Moore, Jason the Nerdrovert, Sam the Hurlahee Boy Hurley, Nick Haskins, David Powell, and my mom. If you'd like to join that illustrious list of patrons, visit patreon.com slash Netflix and Swill. Or, if you'd like to support us without spending any money, you can share our podcast on social media, tell a friend, or review the podcast on any podcatcher. It'd be greatly appreciated. Now, back to your regularly scheduled banter. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it's time to get our main view topic for the week, which is The Glory, Part 2. Yeah, The Glory is still a drama mystery thriller. Uh... It's an 8.1 out of 10 on IMDb. Pretty good. Um, this is a K-drama. A woman lives for absolute revenge against her childhood bullies who destroyed her life. Uh, this stars Song Hee Kyo, Lee Do Hyun, Ji Yon Lim. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Uh, I can keep going if you want me to. Oh, list the whole fucking cast. You can be here for all that. Jonah Xiao, Arya Song, Harrison Shu, Sung Hoon Park, Yom Hairan, Sung Il Yung, Kim Hyora, Ju Young Cha, Kim Gun Woo, Blake Kennedy. <laughs> uh, it's not, this bit's not going to get funnier than that, so I'm done. Yeah, that's, who the <laughs> fuck does Blake Kennedy play? Ha Ye Soul. She's the kid. Okay. I feel like that's a thing that, like, a lot of, like, because you, like, you get to choose a professional name when you become an actor. And I think that, like, a lot of, like, younger Asian actors are choosing, like, Caucasian sounding names so that people know can like remember their fucking name for movies that they're in. So it, it also feels like it's kind of like the old school way of like, you know, Chinese actors or like Asian actors having American sounding names or at least like Western sounding names. So that way they can get cast in movies mm -hmm. like Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan, yeah. Michelle Yeoh. Well, yeah, um, I don't know. Bruce Lee's name actually was Bruce Lee. Like he oh, had sure. a he had a Chinese name, but he was born in America. And like his birth certificate said Bruce Lee. Oh, so well, OK. But he was like he was raised in China by Chi his Chinese parents. So okay. that's that's a thing that I know about Bruce Lee, because 
one of the movies that I used to watch a lot on VHS when I was in high school was Dragon, the Bruce Lee story starring Jason Lee, no relation. And not the Jason <laughs> Lee from the Mallrats movie. Or My Name is Earl. Yes. Uh, so, Caleb, what did you think of this second part of The Glory? I love it. This is one of the best shows that I've seen in a while. Yeah, it, uh, man, this does, this does a lot of good things. It keeps you on the edge of your seat. Uh, there's much mystery as to, like, is uh, Dongun actually going to successfully pull off the do revenge? Or is she going to be thwarted by uh, her arch nemesis yeah. with a name that I can't remember now? Uh, Park Young Jin. Oh, uh, yeah. Young Jin. Or Young Jin. Oh, God. Young Jin. Young Jin. Uh, uh, glory. Let me pull up names so that way I don't feel like a fucking racist. Yeah, it's it's a show that's basically about a woman who lived through a nightmare and uh, all of the shitty people who tormented her, her entire life and how their lives start to unravel with just the faintest push because they're so shitty and awful to everybody around them that like, as soon as an outside force like starts pushing in a little bit, they all just yeah. destroy themselves and each other. Oh, right, because they're just so shallow that they want to continue to keep up the appearances that yeah. they are living the perfect existence. And like, rather than doing the self-preservation move of like, hey, let's all just team up and fucking kill this woman who is back for to do a revenge. Uh, you know, we'll all just fight amongst ourselves because like we're both cheating on our partners with the same person and therefore am jealous for some reason. Yeah. It's a very incestuous group is, yeah. is the best way for me to put it. Yeah. It's a real snake eating its own tail type of thing. Yeah. Uh, and then, <laughs> and then one of the people dyes their hair blonde and also their eyebrows. And then they look like an alien for the rest of the season. It was, it was a weird choice, uh, I guess, uh, because they were attempting to leave the country due to uh, things that came out about them. Yeah. I, I know how to make myself look inconspicuous, be the only person in Korea with blonde hair. I know, that's crazy. Everybody else, dark hair. Uh, random one woman who definitely kind of <laughs> looks sort of like the person who's in trouble. Uh, definitely, definitely not somebody to worry about. Uh, so, yeah, we will be talking about spoilers because this is part two. Uh, but just know that uh, part one is pretty good. Uh, part two really culminates everything. Uh, it, it really makes the, the whole journey worth it. Uh, and I will say that I think they're setting up for part three. I won't say how, but uh, there it looks like there's going to be potentially a part three. But if there isn't a part three, this is a good stopping point for the whole th the whole thing. Yeah, I think they leave it in a good spot like there's. Uh, so, yeah, from now on, there'll be spoilers for The Glory. Uh, check the show notes for when those end and we talk about uh, the sexy abs movie. Thank Let you. me just play the ending for you. No, no, I don't want to see how it ends. 
okay, I could describe it. Um, Imagine you're in a room. No, no, like no, 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 I don't want to know how it ends. I haven't seen the beginning. Uh, yeah, yet. but the ending is awesome. So if I could just Son play the bitch, this is what you always do. You always spoil stuff uh, for me. No, I don't. And if I could just play the ending for you real quick, then we'll discuss that. Motherfucker, you always spoil everything before I get a chance okay, to see it. Okay, you sound like a crazy person right now. Uh, so we leave off with uh, Dong Un and uh, Park Yun Jin with, uh, at, at Dong Un's place. And it's just like, huh, she's found the whole operation. I wonder what happens now. Uh, and it turns out fucking nothing, uh, because that doesn't wind up being a plot point at all that she just knows. Well, it, it kind of does matter that she knows where she lives because she sends people to find that spot. But uh, boy, she doesn't send the cops to it for some fucking reason. Well, like, I don't know. What did she have that was like illegal? I'm guessing like photographs, like you could argue stalking, but like if you're confronting your stalker, you're not going to their place. Yeah. Like, how would you know that that was in their apartment if you didn't go there? And also like, I don't know. I, I don't know what the laws are in Korea, but like in the United States, like if you're in public, people can just take pictures of you and like, you can't really do shit about it because like, yeah, it's understood that you're in public and people are going to see you, you know? Right. So, yeah, that happens. And then uh, the the group continues to unravel because Sarah is fucking taking shit tons of drugs uh, mm-hmm. and is attempting to get clean after, you know, having an yeah. issue. Until, and, uh, until God says, here's some heroin for you to do in church. And then I guess. I guess finger bang yourself to the memory of like getting coerced into having a weird sexual tryst. Yeah, that was very strange. Very, very weird thing that they did there. Uh, I didn't like what they were doing with their hands, Dracula. (laughs) But (laughs) more uh, more hand movements. (laughs) Christ. (laughs) Now fall now fall on the ground. But yeah, that was a weird thing where uh, uh, Dong Hun sets up like she goes and buys heroin and she's like she even tells the dudes like, hey, I've never done this before. Uh, I don't. Can you set up the fucking needle for me? Can you put the heroin in the needle for me? Yeah. And the guys just continually show up through the rest of the series, just being like randomly at spots where they have helped uh, Dong Hun commit crimes. Which is fantastic. I love it. Uh, so Sarah fucking like doesn't OD, but, uh, her, the entire congregation finds out about her finger blasting herself while in front of a cross, uh, after taking drugs, she's then arraigned and taken in for drug use. And, uh, Yunjin is somehow also implicated in something. And I don't get that part, but so like, Dongan like anonymously posted the thing online about like, oh, weather reporter A used to torture me when I was a kid. Uh, so like Yeonjin basically put Sara on blast to like deflect attention away from her and is like, mm-hmm. hey, look at this church where this girl is, you know, doing this and that and like um I don't know. Dong Dongan is like the architect of their destruction, but also like they it's another thing of like, you know, they 
turn on each other instead of like allying against their common enemy or whatever the fuck. Right. Well, and I think she knows that too, is that like, there's all, there's like a mutual disdain for each other for some reason, uh, but they're all still friends. It, it reminds me a lot of Vanderpump rules. Uh, I, this is the second time I'm talking about Vanderpump rules in as many weeks. Uh, so that you're welcome, Ashley, but like that friend group in Vanderpump rules, like they hate each other a fucking lot. They, but they all hang out with each other. Friendships evolve over time to where, you know, you're friends with somebody one season to you fucking hate them the next season. And, you know, they, they fucking sleep with each other all the time. And it just seems like, like you said, like a small push can set everybody over the edge into, you know, self-destructing everyone with them. Like they're, they're all like chained together with suicide vests on and one person just pulls a ripcord and it just causes everybody else to go up in flames too. Yeah. Uh, we also find out that we know for sure that Yun Jin is the one who murdered, um, uh, myung which, uh, interesting. It's, it's what we thought. I don't know. It felt like one of those things where it's like, why, why would you murder this man? Like there was no reason to really murder him. You just, you just could have ignored him the whole time. Instead, you got faded into something. I don't know. That's kind of like her whole thing is like. She. I don't know if it's like a pride thing or what, like she can't control her fucking mood swings mm. and like just lashes out violently when she's like mildly upset about something. Right. Which, uh. I don't know. That's probably also due to like her life not being very difficult. And therefore, like she takes any slight as like a personal offense. Like you have wronged me uh, and now I must ruin your life because you're the worst fucking person in the world. Yeah, I mean, that's basically the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, And then we get... uh, uh, Song Im, Park Song Sam In's uh, husband finds like a bunch of information on her phone uh, because uh, Yun Jin has uh, figured out that uh, Song Im has been following her and her friends and now uses to, wants to leverage her against Dong Un. And uh, of course, because Song Im is still abused by her husband, uh, he beats her up one night and then takes her phone and finds like all this information that she can be using to blackmail people and starts blackmailing. Uh, what, where is she? Oh no, it's not, I'm sorry. It's not song. Im. It was, what is her Kang? Where, where is she? Uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kang Hyun Nam. Yeah. Uh, that's the person yeah. who is Miss Kang. Kang. Uh, but yeah, uh, she finds like her husband finds out that like she can be blackmailing, uh, the Park family, and isn't. So he begins doing it. And I'm just like, oh, so this is how this man gets fucking murdered. Yeah. And I was very happy about that, because it was like, boy, dong certainly does not seem like the kind of person that is going to murder somebody. So how is she going to get somebody else to do the dirty work for her? And uh, played it masterfully. Yeah, it's real cool. Uh, and as the show continues, the, the more revenges happen. Um, Sirak is, you know, implicated for tax evasion 
and uh, gets sent a, basically a revenge porn uh, video by uh, he Jung, and she uh, she fucking stabs he Jung in the throat. Uh, this is causes he Jung's vocal cords to get fucking yeah, Jesus Christ destroyed. Everybody gets done so dirty in this season. So yeah, she gets stabbed in the fucking neck, and like it's like oh she might just you know be a dead person, but then yeah. like jump cut to her in the hospital and then she's like eh, 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 eh. it's like oh she can never talk again that's you know and like it kind of just leaves her there but she's like you know it's like it's like to the pain like she's the one that gets left with the understanding of like how horrible things are for her now but right. like you know and the inability to make it any better which is like kind of because she was the one that like did the least bad stuff to Dongan, but like just kind of set off to the side and like let it happen. And like, you know, she got an appropriate punishment for that. Right. Well, because th- that was the other thing about the group is that there was definitely strata to it. Like it was always uh, yeah. Yunjin, who was number one. And, and then, then you had and then Myungo, who was a literal rapist. Well, and he was at the bottom because he was also the poorest of them all. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he Jong was like right above him because she was like the second poorest. And then you have like Sarah, who's the artist slash like heiress to like this tax embezzling church in, in South Korea. And then you have Jun Jae-un. Jae- Jun Jae-jun. Wow, that's a fucking name. Uh, he, who Woo, like, Young owns Woo. a country club. Woo Young Woo. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what she says, but John J. John say backwards or forwards. It's the same kayak deed motor uh, rotor race car. Woo Young Woo. Yeah. <laughs> I guess because of that, she doesn't get to like she she obviously gets to live and live freely. You know, except for the fact that she can't fucking talk again. Uh, Jae Jun is uh, gets he, he has like this. I don't they say what it is, but I, I can't remember. But it's something that fucks with his eyes. So that way he stops in the middle of the road and this fucking cement truck just T-boned him. He has glaucoma. So he yeah. he puts drops in his eyes all the time. Should just smoke weed. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Um I don't know. I feel like uh, Korea is pretty hard nosed when it comes to crime. I think they will take a long time to decriminalize pot. Sure. That's fair. But yeah, uh, a- after she gets stabbed in the throat, what's her name? Hi, hi, Jung. Hi, hi, Jung. Yeah. Or something like that. I we're, pro- we're definitely saying it wrong, but some, that's... some of the names run together. Cause it's all like two syllable names with a lot of Y's and J's. Um, yeah. But yeah, she puts like some shit in his eye drops to get back at him for just being shitty because that's the only way that she can do revenge. Uh, so he blinds himself and he's like, my eyes hurt. And he stops in the middle of an excerpt, uh, an intersection and then just gets fucking bodied by a cement truck. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it's awesome. 
Uh, and then he gets out of the his car somehow. Like it's like one of the final things that happens because we're like, well, whatever happened to him? We have no idea what happened to him. Uh, and it turns out because he is the biological uh, father of uh, Hai Ye Sol, mm-hmm. uh, who is uh, Park Young Jin and uh, uh, Ha Do Young. Man, these names, man. Good for you, Korea. Yeah. No one knowing how to say any of these goddamn names. I'm proud of you. Well, it's like, I don't know, the difference between like Keith and Kevin here. Like, if you don't know the language, like, you know, it all fucking sounds the same. Yeah. Uh, so Do Young uh, finds him at this fucking construction site uh, and shoves him off the fucking construction site into a cement pit. And uh, he pr- he assumedly drowns and is buried in cement for the rest of uh, eternity until they tear down that, that building. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Yun Jin goes to jail for murdering two people. Also, there's a pedophile with the worst fucking haircut in the series. And I say yeah. this as a man with hair. Pr- fucking Prince Valiant. He looked like fucking Ad, uh, Prince Adam from fucking He-Man. Like, that's how bad his haircut is. Like, it looks like the fucking Beatles. That's true. Um, but yeah, he's he's a kitty diddler, and J. June fucking beats him almost to death. Yeah. Which is Which good. Which is great. Yeah. Pedophiles should be beaten severely. Yeah. All the time. Every time. And Dong Un uh, is seemingly going to kill herself, but then, you know, uh, uh, Yo Jong's uh, mom shows up and she's like, don't kill yourself because otherwise my son will have no reason to live and we can get his revenge. He can do revenge now yeah. on the man who killed his father. And that's seemingly where they leave things is that they're about to do revenge on the murderer yeah. in prison. They're going to do a big revenge. So... Uh, I don't know because when we talk about it, like we talk about like 16 episodes for like like five people to have revenge performed on them. We're talking about one dude and I don't know how they're going to fill out another seemingly eight episode arc unless they're just going to do, you know, do revenge of the week kind of format where they do revenge on one person and then, Somebody shows up like, ah, we're here to do revenge on this person now. Yeah, I don't know. I think this is just the end. I think it's OK to leave some yeah. things unspoken. I agree. I'd be fine with that. But I again, I, it's it's something because this recently got into Netflix's top 10 most watched foreign language series of all time. Uh, of course, it has 16 episodes, so I, w- I will say that. But uh, because that matters, because available hours versus, you know lesser available hours that that matters but yeah it's still one of the most one of the more popular shows on netflix like all time so yeah i wouldn't be shocked if they revisit it but you know it's just because also the other thing is they market as season one and normally if it's a limited series they'll say limited series so i think yeah i guess that's true i think somebody wants it to be longer but i don't know we'll see but i don't think it needs to be more than this if it is, if there is more, I hope it's as well written as this is. Otherwise, whatever. Yeah. So yeah, that's the glory, part two. Uh, we enjoyed it. I, I hope if you're 
non-spoilers, you uh, ha- haven't been listening, but uh, check it out if you uh, are through this and don't care. What would you rate it? Probably a four. Yeah, I would say four. And uh, on a personal note, it's glorious. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to call Dongun to do revenge on you. Uh, it's fine. That's probably correct to do. All right. That'll move us into our next segment, which is, uh, Dan and Caleb talk about a random movie. Uh, this week's random movie is magic. Mike XXL. Magical Michael extra, extra large is a 2015 R rated comedy drama music film. Uh, three years after Mike bowed out of the stripper life at the top of his game, he and the remaining Kings of Tampa hit the road to Myrtle Beach to put on one last blowout performance. Uh, you know, there's at least one more because another Magic Mike movie came out this year or is coming out or something. Yeah, it's came out either this year or late last year. I kept trying to figure out because like I was like. This feels like the third one, but. I guess this is just the second one and they couldn't get uh, Matthew McCorrach to come back. So. Yeah, they even say that right up front that they call him Dallas and they're like, yeah, Dallas isn't with us anymore. That's and that's the inciting incident. Like uh, Mike now owns a construction company, which I didn't know that's what he wanted to do with his life. But OK, it's not it's not construction. It's like custom furniture woodworking this this uh this movie exists in a fictional space where a former stripper can start woodworking out of like his garage and become a successful businessman doing it that's true uh and then the the song pony by genuine shows up and plays. Yeah. And he and can't stop like, twerking. He he has apparently a dance routine for it uh, because, again, we haven't seen the first one. So we have no context for him ta- like dancing the pony. And uh, he 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 gets this call from his friends like, yo, dog, we're going to go on the road. Uh, it's uh, Big Dick Rick's one yeah. last fucking ride. Yeah, we have uh, Joe Manganiello as the character Big Dick Richie, which is a great character name. Um, And he the best joke in the movie is that it's Joe Manganiello and he apparently hates vampires uh, because somebody does a a Twilight like strip dance thing for the for the uh, millennials. And he's like fucking vampires, uh, but he's the true blood man. It, that's true. He is the true blood man. He's also Deathstroke. Yeah. Uh, and also, I don't know, the Archon the Cruel in D&D streams near you. And also uh, Flash Thompson in the Sam Raimi yeah. Spider-Man movies. That's true also. Uh, yeah, I know. I know Joe Manganiello mainly from him being obsessed with Dungeons and Dragons and for having the hand of Vecna. Uh, I know Joe Manganiello mainly because he's a son of Pittsburgh and Pittsburghers can't st- shut the shut the fuck up about celebrities from Pittsburgh. I will say this about Joe Manganiello. I'm not gay, but I'm not that straight. He's married to Sofia Vergara. 
and my 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 sweet Jesus, that that couple is just yeah, like they're, they're some of they the attractive people ever. Do they have kids? Maybe because <laughs> there's one of two ways it would go. Like that baby would be so beautiful that the universe would implode, or that like it completely skips a generation. It's the most ugly person ever. That that kid had yeah. That kid might have fucking recessive genes. Who Joe knows? Joe Manganiello is six foot five. Oh yeah, like he is. They mention it in the movie, but it's completely true. He is a Greek god. Uh, he's Armenian. Well, he's of Armenian descent. Like there was actually a joke in the movie where they were talking. Like, he was like, "I'm Armenian, man." And yeah. I, of course, I looked it up. It's like, "Yep, his great grandmother was in the Armenian genocide." Ooh. Or like a survivor of it, I should say. So, yeah, that was uh, that was something. I don't know. I need to stop being every woman from this movie and talking about how much I want to bang Joe Manganiello. Yeah. More people we have. We have Matthew Bomer, the guy from Suits, a USA Network show. Oh, uh, before you get to it, I want to throw it out there. I want to be the first person to say it is that like one of the greatest gifts that this movie gives us is comedian Gabriel Iglesias dancing, wearing a Carmen Miranda fruit hat and high heels. Yep. While also sporting a full goatee. Uh, my the my actual favorite reference in the movie and I had to point this out to Ashley because like in my younger days, I would just sit there like lacing on the couch playing like Game Boy or fucking uh, Nintendo DS while comedy specials were playing and Gabriel Iglesias would be on frequently. And he has this friend, Martine, that he routinely tells stories about. Well, he brings up the fact that he has a friend by the name of Martine who gave him who like gave out this fucking froyo like food truck and i went oh my fucking god he's just himself in the movie yeah and then they give him a concussion so that he doesn't have to do the whole movie i know Uh, i i laughed i was like why the fuck is gabriel iglesias in this movie what the fuck is this movie and i just kept saying that many 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 times because there's just so many random fucking people in this movie for a budget of 14 and a half million dollars so Nancy Myers, how is your movie one hundred and fifty million dollars when the the amount of people who are actually in this movie costs less than twenty? <laughs> uh, yeah, Matthew Bomer's here. He's a, a hippy dippy dude uh, who is like a level three Reiki healer, which I want to just fucking s- drive my head into a railway spike. Any any discipline where you describe your power level. Uh, is bullshit. Oh, 100%. Dan's favorite character, Tarzan, played by Kevin Nash, former professional wrestler. Of course. He was here. Uh, he's my favorite character only because he's a former professional wrestler. It has nothing to do with the fact that he is any good at either dancing or looking sexy. Yeah, it is Kevin Nash, isn't it? Like, just kind of a an awful troll of a person. Yeah, he his name, his nickname in professional wrestling was Big Sexy. And it was just like, OK, sure. Whatever, whatever you need to tell yourself, buddy, whatever you need to do. I'm not going to I'm not going to yuck your yum, but like, OK. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody's everybody has sex appeal to someone, you know, every, everybody can fuck how they want. Yep. Uh, 
but I'm here to tell you that objectively Kevin Nash is a troll and he tried oh, yeah. to kill the Punisher, I think. Okay, so what what was funny and uh, more ironic funny is that we watched Ashley and I watched John Wick uh, the night before mm-hmm. because, you know, Lance Reddick passing. Um, yeah, which we didn't talk about. But uh, Kevin Nash is in that movie for like a hot second. So we've accidentally watched two Kevin Nash things in a row. Yeah. Which I never thought I'd fucking say ever. But yeah, he was in the Punisher movie with Thomas Jane and he gets in a good fight with Thomas Jane. And he apparently got stabbed for real, but they were so busy beating the shit out of each other that he didn't realize it until after they cut. Yeah, uh, it's a cool fight. That movie is uh, can't be dumb fun, but it's also fucking awesome. Yeah, no, the Thomas Jane Punisher movie is a beautiful artifact of when we were just starting to try to figure out how comic book movies would go. And they'd always have like one glimpse of like real hope behind it. It was definitely not John Travolta. Yeah, but also they weren't all just the same fucking movie over and over. Also that. It's also like. I think the Thomas Jane Punisher movie and. Uh, the first Hellboy movie came out like within months of each other. And they both right. they both have that weird like surreal pseudo reality aspect to it that like uh it really it just takes me back to the early 2000s and it's uh great yeah and they have like pod and other like limp biscuit playing in the soundtrack for some fucking reason stained oh my god what a fuck you want to talk about time fucking 2000s butt rock uh what a what a glorious time for music no and therefore the world. no the opposite of that um yeah back to back to this movie uh i just want to talk about joe manganello a lot okay he does a strip tease in a convenience store to try to gain his confidence where yep. he just uh dumps a bunch of cheetos and bottled water all over the floor uh it's a great character moment for him well, and also all the boys, too, because all the boys are just like fucking cheering them on in the background. Yeah. They're just like Fuck yeah, from, just- from outside the window. But then, like, there's uh, an interview uh, that is actually currently playing on IMDb's like autoplay role for the movie uh, where he's being interviewed about the movie sitting next to Kevin Nash. And he's just eating a bag of Cheetos like it's no big deal. So it's like, yeah, it's funny. Joe Manganiello is actually hilarious. Yeah. Uh, also, he dicks down uh, a middle aged housewife and reminds her that, like, you know, she's a, a fully realized sexual being who deserves to have great orgasms all the time. That middle aged housewife, Andy McDowell. Yeah. Uh, actually, the real joke is that middle aged housewife, Albert Einstein. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's kind of the most wholesome part of the movie is where like this group of male strippers are faced with a bunch of judgy bitch, like true housewives of Tampa or whatever the fuck. And, you know, they rise above it and are like, no, you're beautiful women who are deserving of attention and you deserve to be worshiped by your husband. And if he won't do it for you, you got to just move on. Cause you know, you only got this one life and you got to feel good all the time. Yeah. 
uh, I will say, uh, kind of to, to Wong Fu. Uh, thanks for everything, Julie Newmar esque. A bit, yeah. That's you're not but, wrong. I'm not wrong. It's it's a it's like an offshoot of it. Like obviously, like there, there's no town they're trying to sexy up or something. Why are you booing me? I'm right. Yeah, and then they meet up with their new best friend, uh, Childish Gambino. Yeah, so fucking Jada Pinkett Smith, uh, G.I. Jane herself, and Michael yeah. Strahan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, I had to. I was... Uh, oh, no. No, Will, no! Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth! Dude, Will Smith just slapped the shit out of Dan. I know. I'm going to. <laughs> so yeah, uh, they they go to uh, Jada Pinkett Smith's fucking own place that's out of like a mansion, and Michael Strahan's there, and he does a dance, and then there's another guy who does a dance, and then there's a Childish Gambino song just randomly in the middle of the movie. And it feels like in that moment, the fucking movie grinds to a halt because it, it feels like it's one of those moments where it's like Steven Soderbergh just wants to be like, look at all the cool people I have in this movie and we need to show them off because we need to justify us even getting them in the first place. There is a point where they give up on having the faint semblance of a plot to get you to the dances and then just start having a bunch of dances. Yeah. Like they talk about, cause at the beginning of the, like, actually it's like f 45 minutes in, they talk about getting like new routines and at no point are they ever working on new routines. They just talk about it and they're like, we're definitely doing this. And they throw out a bunch of their old shit. So that way they do like this final, like, yeah, so they, over the they don't have the safety net of, Oh, we're just going to do our thing again. Right. So you would figure, they be working on it or something nope not at one point like they do a flat like a quick fucking montage where they like they they design shit and you see a couple of them working on moves and you're like what the fuck is this and then all of a sudden it's just time for them to be at the big dick swinging festival where they just you know at the convention at the myrtle beach convention center where all the single ladies on the east coast have uh, descended because they want to watch hot dudes with junk in their face. Yeah. What a, what a convention. So also like it doesn't go anywhere, but there's like kind of a forced romance subplot with magic Mike and like a rando that they meet. Uh, we're like, you know, they don't bang or whatever the fuck. No. And like, it's, I don't know if they ever explicitly said it, but like magic Mike might be kind of, engaged or something uh but like they might be broken up and i'm not sure because i don't think they said explicitly they didn't they did talk about it like it felt very thorough it, it feels like one of those things where it's like we unexpectedly got a sequel and we can't get back the main love interest so we have to write her out of the movie really quickly yeah. but it has it has big my girlfriend lives in canada energy and then like since the movie is about uh, 
a bunch of muscle dudes dancing naked around each other and broing out. Uh, like you have to give Channing Tatum the faintest semblance of a love interest so that he can have a strong case of the not gays. Yes. So, yeah, um, that's that woman is played by uh, notorious Johnny Depp ex-wife Amber Heard. Uh oh. <laughs> Uh, I, I love I love randomly making you uncomfortable with people who are randomly in movies. I don't know, man. Like they sh- uh, so like that. Yeah, that whole thing was just kind of like a a weird thing of like I don't know why this is here if it's not going to go anywhere because specifically after like the whole dance number, and we're gonna talk about the whole fucking dance number. Yeah, but after the dance number, after he like is shoving his like barely covered dick in her face multiple times nothing happens they go out onto the boardwalk at myrtle beach they watch the fireworks she goes off with her friends and magic mike the the movie fades to black with magic mike looking at fireworks like there's no resolution to fucking anything else it's just that yeah i guess we'll find out what happened in magic mike the last dance yeah i don't know i guess the last thing i'll say about it is that like Obviously, Channing Tatum is a phenomenal athlete. Like, like it or not, this is what peak male performance looks like. But uh, every time he would, like, do a handstand on a chair and then, like, a girl sitting in the chair and he's, like, shaking his dick around in her face. And then he would, like, flip down off of the chair while holding on to the girl so that they went into like a standing 69 position every time he did that, which was a couple times throughout the movie. I was like, I wonder how many takes they did for him to not slam her head on the ground. Cause I feel like if I tried to pull that move, I would slam my partner's head onto the ground and bear in mind. I'm not the athlete that Channing Tatum is. In fact, I'm like at the opposite of end of humanity where I have realized zero of my potential, uh, except yep. in so far as like, I am one of the funniest people who has ever lived and I'm not ashamed to admit it, but like, here's, here's the problem. <laughs> Channing Tatum is also in that spectrum too. And that's a pro that's, that's where the real yeah, issue comes that's, in. That's the real problem with this movie. Fuck you, Channing Tatum. You don't get to be that talented. Like, I think he has a legitimately good turn as Magic Mike. Like, the his acting, acting-wise, acting he's, like, solid. Like, I wouldn't say, like, he's given a ton to do. Like, his, his heartfelt moments are supposed to be, like, with the Amber Heard character and, like, the random one-off moments with his bros where they even explicitly call it out at one point where he's talking to Kevin Nash. He's like, I've had moments with everybody else on this trip except you, man. Yeah. And Kevin Nash is just like, I don't give a shit. Get the fuck away from me. No, I, I think that... Channing Tatum is legitimately a good actor. And I say that as somebody who's seen the movie, dear John, I don't know that movie. Uh, maybe I should have said GI Joe, the rise of Cobra. Oh, okay. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen that one. Saw that in theaters. Yeah. There was a time where he was trying to find his footing and then 21 jump street happened. And then, uh, you know, we, we loved him for the rest of time. Yeah, he needed to move somewhere from step a step up to uh, where he is now. And he's taken that energy from step up and is moving it into uh, male stripper movies. Yeah, that's true. 
the 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 final dances are crazy. I mean, uh, fucking one guy shoots fucking uh, flat whipped cream all over a bunch of women because in a jerking off motion because yeah. That's something women want. Yeah, and then it's like they have to just be in the club for the rest of the night. You know, like, oh, now I'm now now I'm sticky. Thanks. Yeah, that's exactly what Ashley said. She's like, you're going to shoot at all of these women? They only have changes of clothes. What are you doing? Yeah. Now they're sticky. They don't want to be there. And then you see them at the end of the fucking movie because they're clapping because the, the big number is over. Yeah. And now, like, you know, it got all up in their fucking wig weaves and like. You know, it's not just like a quick fix. Oh, fuck. What was the what was this? There was one song that was like, this is a male stripper song. Was it was it freaking was it freaking you by Joe Desai? Uh, no, no, not <laughs> Joe Desai, uh, freaking you. No, it was um, it was during the final. It was Joe Manganiello's song during the final bit. I think it was. Oh, he did. Um. No, it wasn't. Slipknot. He did like "Marry You" and then transitioned it into uh, "Closer" by Nine Inch Nails. That's it. Which was a hell of a turn. That was that was something. I, was, I, I kept freaking out because like, like he came out in a tuxedo, picked a girl out of the audience, and was like, "Yeah, like we'll do, you know, I'll do both things that women want, which is you know, marriage and romance, and also to get fucked like an object." Like that that was like a fifty shades thing. Like the man just did a fifty shades thing as the as his big fucking dance number. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. He puts her in like a bondage apparatus and then dances around her. Yeah, it was crazy. What one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Uh I request that we use freaking you as the outro to this show. Well, so the beauty of it was is that when they played Freaking You, it was like in the middle. So I I wasn't quite sure because you know it starts off it's it's like it's it's the greatest fucking opening line to a song ever it's like every time I close my eyes I wake up feeling wake so, up horny. so horny and it's just like what the fuck <laughs> is this song I can <laughs> get you out of my mind freaking you is all I need it's enough uh but what a weird song to have at the end of an anime uh less so to have in the middle of a male stripper movie but hey <laughs> yeah nobody fucked anybody in jojo we uh well i mean mista probably fucked narancha at some point yeah that's true uh so yeah that's magic mike xxl uh magic mike and magic mike's last dance please come to netflix soon so we can watch more male stripper movies <laughs> yeah i have no context for any of this so yeah, this is just like a rant. Like, uh, I brought it up because we were talking about like horror movies in a, twi- a Twitter chat I was in. And I'm like, yeah, I've seen uh, like Hellraiser 4 because, as is tradition, whenever Corey shows me a random horror movie franchise, uh, it's always one of the middle ones that are always fucking terrible. Yeah. I've seen Hellraiser 1 and 2. So. The, the point being is like it, this movie kind of felt like that where I was being dropped in the middle of the universe that I had no concept for. And it's like, OK, I'm just going to let this movie envelop me and we'll see where it goes. Uh, so next week's on the show, we'll be uh, reviewing Junji Ito's Maniac Japanese Tales of the Macabre, uh, a title so long that when I said, hey, Caleb, we should watch Junji Ito's Maniac, you went, 
yeah, we should also watch the Japanese Tales of the Macabre. And I went, those are the same thing. Yeah. Had literally no idea. I, what a, just please simplify shit. Uh, And on the back of that, I have nothing, but there's multiple Netflix anime movies that we haven't watched yet. That's true. Let's see if we can find one together. All right. So we have Drifting Home. Uh, We have Bubble. And then we have. uh, There's this Chinese one called Green Snake. I don't know. I've been wanting to watch Drifting Home for a while, so I say we do that. All right. Uh, let's get the fuck out of here. You can find the show at Netflixswell.com. Thank you to Space Weather for the use of our theme song, Bitter. Uh, go listen to Hi- Silent Hex on Spotify. Yes. I think I almost said Highland Sex. Uh, my mind is warped by the stripper movie. Uh, I can't imagine why. Uh, you probably didn't have enough penises being thrusted in your face. Uh, we didn't really talk about uh, Drifting Home, though. We just mentioned that we wanted to watch it. Oh, yeah, it's uh, about an apartment complex that becomes unmoored and drifts through an ocean. And they're, I guess, trying to find their families. It's children. You get it. It is done by Studio Colorido, uh, who did the movie A Whisker Away, Mm -hmm. which was very Studio Ghibli. So this seems like a match made in heaven where Netflix doesn't have enough Studio Ghibli stuff. So they just got a studio that kind of emulates that. Yeah. Whisker Away, the movie we famously reviewed on Furry Sewed Episode One. Along with uh, Beastars Part One. That's true. So, yeah. uh, Officially kicking off Anime April next week. And uh, we're, we're very excited about it. Yeah. Uh, we're all we all hope you're excited about it, too. We'll be finishing the, the month with B stars and BNA, <laughs> which uh, let's fucking go. We should see if we can uh, get Paul on and see if he can pronounce uh, Dragon Ball Z character names. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Uh, he would he would automatically fail because he would say Dragon Ball Z and then we would make fun of him because we're Americans. Yeah, that's true. Uh, And therefore superior to everybody else in the world. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great day for America and therefore the world. It's from the Americans. They're mounting a a counterattack. It's about bloody time. Yeah, (laughs) we did save the world uh, on Independence Day. I hope you guys all feel uh, so horny uh, as we leave you here with Jodeci's freaking you. Uh, That's it. Until next week, this is Caleb saying my pants are getting tight. (laughs) 